Thank you, Stephen. Amen. Well, it's great to be with you uh, this evening online. It's a little weird, if I, I'm not going to lie, um, but it is still great to really uh, be with you all. And as a whole church, we're just going to start this year together. Uh, we didn't know what January was going to be like. Um, we didn't know when we were planning, but we knew that there was this possibility. And so we just wanted to kind of come together. And as a whole church, just for the next few weeks, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, digging into it, exploring it together, looking at it in our small groups and across all the services. Um, and so um, I'm super excited about this series, and I hope that you're going to really enjoy digging into Hebrews uh, together. Now, I wonder for a moment, And what's the instruction about? Am I in a good mood or a bad mood? But my suspicion is that quite a few of us, sort of West Londoners, are quite fiercely independent, that we're not quite so keen on being given instructions. And actually, we have to loosen a grip on our pride before we can hear them well. Well, if you're a little bit like me, if you can relate to that, hold on to your seat because this series is based on some of the instructions that the writer of the Hebrews gives. But bear with it because you'll discover something utterly wonderful. The, the writer delivers the instructions not with a ticking off, not with a you must try harder, not by giving you even more rules, but by presenting us a fresh vision of Jesus. And in fact, it's this vision of Jesus who deeply loves us, the Jesus who says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, the Jesus who reigns risen from the dead, the Jesus who one day we will meet, the Jesus who adores us, it's in the light of this Jesus that we're to view and receive the instructions that the writer offers to us. And I guess one of my big prayers, and wouldn't it be wonderful if out of this lockdown, we all emerged with a better, fresher vision of Jesus. It would transform us, which then would have ongoing rippling effects. Sometimes they being confronted afresh with Jesus can be a little uncomfortable as our perspective often needs to shift a bit, but it's always for our own good. And so the book of Hebrews is, in a sense, a little bit of a wake-up call, a wake-up call to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And we need this wake-up call because there's so many other things that distract us, there's so many things that uh, bog us down, there's so many things that come into our view, and so our focus can easily drift from Jesus. 
I listened to one preacher and they said this about the book of Hebrews. They said, Hebrews is a tonic to the spiritually debilitated, an exhortation to the spiritually struggling, and a challenge to the spiritually complacent. And it is indeed all those things. And yet above that, it is also aiming to encourage us, remind us that Jesus is greater than anything else and that it's worth us sticking with Jesus. The book of Hebrews itself, as we start this series, we need to know it's a little bit of a mysterious book because we don't know who wrote it. We also don't know exactly who it was written to, nor do we know the occasion why it was written. But nonetheless, we do pick up an awful lot of things that we can be sure about. The author assumed that the readers would have quite a good understanding of the Old Testament Uh, The author also uh, really, really is clear in the message. The message that Jesus is supreme, that Jesus is above everything else. And the sort of supremacy of Jesus or the, the betterness of Jesus comes up over 13 times throughout the book. It's also very likely that this author is writing to people that were perhaps a bit disillusioned with their faith, were asking whether it was kind of worth the trouble of following Jesus, were on the verge of sort of giving up and and drifting back to old ways, perhaps drifting back to old uh, religious experience that they had. Um, And so the author's really keen to say, look, no, this Jesus that you started to follow This Jesus is so worth you sticking with. You are on the winning side spiritually. You just need to come back and have a fresh look at Jesus. And you see, after all, if we are going to stake our lives on this Jesus, then we need to be sure about Jesus. And I wonder if you've had that experience where you really do come afresh before Jesus look Jesus in the face as it were and get transformed by doing so because it's when we step back from life's pressures life's temptations the the struggles it's when we step back from those and we allow Jesus to fill our horizon to sharpen our priorities and to dominate our experience of things that everything changes, the way we look at everything around us begins to change as he becomes more the focus. And therefore the book of Hebrews is this deep tonic to us. As we look, anxieties are stilled, our feet are steadied, and our perspective is once again put right as we look on Jesus and the kingdom of God. And don't we need that right now, folks? To really just realign ourselves to to who Jesus is, to lift our eyes from the pressures around us and instead get a larger vision of Jesus. Now, it's not always easy to do that, is it? Sometimes it's really tough. But I want to invite you as we go through this series just to meditate afresh on who Jesus is. I had a walk uh, in the park, socially distant, walked with someone in our church uh, just a 
a week or so back, and uh, we were talking about some of our sort of struggles, some of our parenting woes, some of the stuff we felt we were getting a bit wrong in our parenting, some of the stuff that was quite hard right now, and we were just chatting about it. And and as we walked along, the person I was walking with suddenly just started turning what we were saying into prayer and started declaring that Jesus loved our children, that Jesus was with us, that Jesus was for us, that Jesus had a plan for them. And as she did that, it just transformed the atmosphere around us. The struggles did not dissipate uh, straight away. <laughs> still, it's still really hard being a, pre- a parent in lockdown. Um, still really tough. But what changed was my perspective. Jesus was there with me in this. Jesus cares for my children. I can bring my day-to-day struggles afresh to this Jesus who wants to journey so closely with me and so I was very grateful for that person to to pray with with me and so we find uh, through uh, the book of Hebrews the writer painting a picture of Jesus and the writer begins in this chapter one by telling us that Jesus is better than the angels the writer's going to go on and say that Jesus is better than Moses. Moses represented all the prophets. And then he's going to go on, and, or he or she's going to go on and say that Jesus was better than Aaron, better than all the priests. Jesus is better. Jesus is better. So I wonder what in West London today are we going to declare that Jesus is better than? Uh, now, none of these things are bad. They, they're good things. But we might want to say Jesus is better than money. Jesus is better than uh, brilliant, new, exciting experiences. Jesus is better than fine wine. And I don't know, you guys, maybe on Zoom or on the chat, what, what would you want to declare that Jesus is better than? What do we want to say tonight? Jesus, you are better than X. You're better than Y. Jesus, you are better And so the writer is doing that uh, in the book of Hebrews. And he's doing that in chapter 1 by saying Jesus is better than angels. Uh, Now, um, we might not be uh, in the sort of category today of thinking that Jesus is, um, you know, less than angels. But for them, it's possible that some of them were in danger of thinking that Jesus was a bit like another angel. Angels in the Old Testament were really important. They were the ones around the throne of God. They brought the messages from God. Was Jesus just another angel? Was Jesus just, you know, another special messenger? And so perhaps they were beginning to think that Jesus was just like them. And so the writer's going, no, Jesus is better. He's far superior. And he begins to draw out, or she begins to draw out Old Testament verses that speak truth about Jesus, that Jesus was always these things. And so in verses five to six of uh, chapter one, we get that Jesus is the son. He's the firstborn. He is the supreme. The angels worship him. In verses 7 and 9, Jesus is the king. He has an everlasting kingdom. The angels are just mere messengers of that kingdom. In verses 10 to 12, Jesus is the creator that we admire. In an ever-changing world, Jesus remains the same and lives forevermore. In verses 13 to 14, we get told that Jesus has a position of authority that the angels do not have. Jesus sits on the throne. He is the co-heir with the Father and the Spirit. He is ruling. He is on the throne. The angels are simply sent out to serve. Uh, 
Jesus is the best. And so it goes on in chapter 2 and says, we're not to neglect the salvation for us. This Jesus came to rescue you and I, that we may share in his kingdom forever. Don't neglect it. And so we're called to pay attention to what we have heard, what the eyewitnesses have told us, what we hear in the gospels of the signs and wonders that were written to tell us that this Jesus was sent from on high, that this Jesus is God. And we're to pay attention and not drift away. And you see, drifting is something that often happens ever so slowly. I wonder if you can imagine like putting a little kind of floating mat on the edge of a lake and it's kind of there and slowly over time it moves into the centre of the lake. But it happens so slowly drifting. And of course, that's what makes it so incredibly dangerous because we're so unaware so often when we're beginning to drift. And it's only when we've gotten really quite far that we wake up and realise, oh my goodness, I'm not really that close to Jesus right now. He's not my focus And of course, you know, it's like one of the reasons that we tune in every week uh, online at the moment, but that we gather really deliberately because we need that weekly reminder, that weekly sense of going, okay, let me just bring my life back in line to who Jesus is. Let him be my focus. And that's one of the reasons that we do this gathered church together. We need to focus on Jesus. And I guess where I want to just finish now and where I want to leave us is to ask the question, what is it that you and I are going to do to focus on this Jesus? The Bible says so clearly that as we draw near to him, he runs towards us. He is looking out for us. And as soon as we turn to him, he rushes to meet us and holds us. So what is it, this lockdown, that's going to help us not to drift? How are we going to be intentionally focused on Jesus? It doesn't mean we will have to do exactly the same stuff to get there, but what, what is it for us? The way God's made you, the way he's gifted you, the talents he's given you, the time he's given you, the opportunity he's given you. How can you align that so that Jesus is the focus? What's it going to take? And we need to ask for his grace to help us, to help us plan that into who we are. And so we just pray right now and invite the Holy Spirit just to come and minister to us. And do you know what, tonight, if you know you have drifted a little from Jesus, that's, that's okay. It's good if you know, because now you can, you can get right back. So let's pray. Um, let's pray right now. Oh, Jesus, we're sorry when we neglect what we've heard and we drift from you. Would you just draw us right back this evening? Would you become our focus afresh? 
so sorry when our thoughts spiral out of control and we just become so self-absorbed and our perspective gets all wobbly and shaky because we've taken our eyes off you. Lord, forgive us. Help us to place our eyes back upon you tonight. To know that you are the firstborn, that you are the supreme, that you are everlasting, that you are the creator, that you reign with authority on the throne. Lord, refresh us. Give us a fresh vision of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, come right now.